the endurance of sons. That's next on Times of Refreshing with our teacher and pastor, Napoleon Kaufman. Join us. From the well at Christian Community here in Livermore, California, hi and welcome to Times of Refreshing with our teacher and pastor, Napoleon Kaufman. Napoleon is going to take us to Matthew chapter 13 today, verses 18 through 23. It's the parable of the soils, if you'll remember. But there's one soil where the seed falls and there's no endurance. And that becomes the title of our message today, The Endurance of Sons. And what does that mean? And how do we endure in light of trials and struggles and problems? Let's talk about that. Here's Pastor Napoleon Kaufman now with more. It always blesses me when you when you pick up the Bible and, and we talk about God's omniscience, that he knows everything. And it's amazing when you, you read the Gospels, Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John, how Jesus... He knew he was always very, very aware of his surroundings. He was never in the dark. Um, when people came to trip him up, he understood clearly what was going, going on. He knew that Judas was in the camp. He said, have not I chosen you and one of you is a demon? I mean, he, he clearly understood uh, the hearts of the people that were following him. Uh, he knew very clearly with even his disciples what was going on. He was always in the know. And I think it's important that we understand that he also understood the different character qualities of people who were following him. Even those, not only just those that were near to him, but those who were far off. And so Matthew chapter 13, he gives the parable of the sower. And he talks to, he talks to these individuals. And as we know, he, he spoke in parables often. Natural stories to convey spiritual truths. And in Matthew chapter 13, he's talking about the parable of the sower and he explains it. And we pick this up in verse 18. He says, therefore, hear the parable of the sower. When anyone hears the word of the kingdom and does not understand it, then the wicked one, the devil, comes and snatches away what was sown in his heart. This is he who receives seed by the wayside. But he who received the seed on stony places, this is he who hears the word and immediately receives it with joy. Yet he has no root in himself, but endures only for a while. The title of my message is The Endurance of Sons. The Endurance of Sons. He says in verse 21, Yet he has no root in himself, but endures only for a while. For when tribulation or persecution arises because of the word, immediately he stumbles. Now he who received the seed among the thorns is he who hears the word and the cares of this world and the deceitfulness of riches. He says, and the desire... Uh, For other things, he goes in and chokes the word, and he becomes, he says, unfruitful. He says in verse 23, but he who received seed on the good ground is he who hears the word and understands it, who indeed bears fruit 
and produces some a hundredfold, some 60. He says some 30. I want to pay close attention to verses 20 and 21, though. He says, but he who received the seed on stony places, this is he who hears the word and immediately receives it with joy. He says, yet he has no root in himself. Now, I want to just stop. He has no root in himself. You know, understand that the Bible says that we are born again by the incorruptible seed of the word of God. God takes his word and he causes his word to come alive in us. Um, the seed of God's word takes root. Let, let me give you a perfect example of what happens to Christians. Mary is minding her own business, and all of a sudden an angel comes to her. He tells her that she is going to, has been, that, over, that, 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 uh, that, that, that God would overshadow her, and the Spirit of God would overshadow her, and, and, and that she would be blessed, and she would have a, a, a child, and, and he gives her all this message, and all this stuff is coming out of the angel's mouth. It's coming out of his mouth. And he's speaking it. He's taking a message that came from God. He's carrying this message. And he proclaims this message to Mary. When he says this to her, immediately Mary, she starts to doubt what the angel's saying to her. And so the angel, he gives her a point of reference. He said, you're, you know, Elizabeth, she's pregnant too right now. And he, he goes through this process with her, and then what she says is this. She says, be it unto me, even as you have spoken. Be it unto me, even as you have spoken. And immediately, when she says this, that's all the angel needed to hear. When she took her faith, and she released her faith in the words that were coming out of the angel's mouth... Then all of a sudden, life was set in. And as life was set in the inside of Mary, life began to grow. Life went through the first trimester and the second trimester. And, the, and it starts to mature and it starts to kick a little bit. It starts to move around in her a little bit. And when the time was appointed, not only did life start to form within her, but then Boom, she pushes life out and life was manifested. And we beheld his glory as that of the only begotten of the Father, full of grace and truth. But it all comes by her receiving the word. And what happens to us is the same thing. We go out and we sow. And the person who receives the message, faith comes by hearing and hearing by the word of God. And God saves men by the foolishness of preaching. And when the words that, that are coming out have life in them and power in them, then it gives way to the seed of God being planted within a person. And then they be, it begins to take root. And so Jesus says, this person has no root in himself. They heard the word of the word and they got happy about it, but they didn't let it germinate and get down in there and receive it to this fullness and fullness so that it would take root within themselves. And so for all of us, we have to realize that there's been a, if you are a Christian in this room, realize there has been a planting that has taken place inside of you. And there's root that is set in within you. 
And now life is trying to spring forth from you. The old you is dying. But the new you is coming alive. And all of us in times past have partaken of the tree of the knowledge of good and evil through Adam's decision. But now we have partaken of the tree of life. And his root is set within us. And now he's trying to change us and make us and conform us and make us what he wants us to be. Day by day, moment by moment, second by second, hour by hour. He's forming something in you. And now that life is beginning to spring forth within us. And it all comes because we hear. But the problem is this. Jesus said, verse 20, But he who received the seed on stony places... This is he who hears the word and immediately receives it with joy, yet has no root in himself. He heard the message, it sounded good, but he didn't let it take root within him. He says, and this is the key, but endures only for a what? For a while. Only for a what, y'all? For a while. And he says this, for when tribulation and persecution arises because of the word, immediately it says he stumbles. And so persecution, tribulation, things of this nature are going, to, are going to test the planting of God's nature, life, and character within you. How do you and I respond? And I think it's important that in this particular situation, we have to see that this persecution and this testing and the toughness and the hardness of this particular situation, it, it really, it drives a person away instead of driving a person to. And I think it's important that we realize that being a Christian, there's going to be times when you face tribulation and persecution. And he said, for the word's sake, for that which that has been planted in your life, for that sake, for its sake, there's going to be times when it's tested. If we're sons, we know how to endure. And as sons we, and daughters of God, we have to learn how to endure those tough moments. Those moments when your back is against the wall. Or you feel like you're being unjustly charged for something. Or you've got accusation against you. And you've got things going on. And things happen. And things don't work out. And sometimes you, don't have, you can't explain it all. But the issue here, here is this. For when tribulation or persecution arises because of the word. He says, immediately this type of person stumbles. And I think this is going to be, going to be one of the greatest revelations as we approach the end of this age. Is who's going to be willing to stand, to hold up under, to bear with tough times that are coming as a result of God's word being in your life. And the persecution that arises. The Bible says it's going to be a great falling away. I've been talking about this the last couple of weeks. Because a lot of people go to church. But do they have a good root system? A lot of people talk about Jesus. But do they have a good root system? When their, their faith is tested or challenged or pushed. And from the, especially from outside. Do they have a good root system? Or they just fall away? They endure only for a while. Nah, I don't want to do that. I had too much stuff come up as when I gave my life to Christ, then everything started going crazy. Well, Jesus, he said this is going to happen. What, the, the issue isn't Jesus' word. The issue isn't the church. The issue is, did his word find good ground? 
And is the root system. Is it sound? That though he slay me, yet will I trust him. Though I don't understand everything, yet will I stick with Jesus. I don't like the way I feel right now, but God, I thank you. I don't like being persecuted on my job for my faith, but I'm going to stick with Jesus no matter what. And I will not compromise. I don't, I don't like being the only person in my family that's saved and wants to walk with Jesus. But I'm going to stick with Jesus. I don't like being the only person that really loves God on this, in this place. But I'm going to stick with Jesus. Saints, I'm, I'm saying this because this is, every one of us is going to have to go through this test. And it's not always easy. But, but when you know that I can't, listen, God's seed is in me. And it's taken root within me. And though persecution, tribulation, and, and other things come, I'm not going anywhere because it was Jesus who's changed my life. It was Jesus who died for me. It was Jesus who saved me. And we see even now, if you turn on the television, people are going through persecution in various countries. And they're telling them to renounce Christ, but they won't do it. Why? Because his seed has found a good ground. It's found a resting place. And his life is now springing up inside of them. He says, yet he has no root in himself, but endures only for a while. For when tribulation or persecution arises because of the word, immediately he says he stumbles. And there's many like this, saints, and we've got to make it, make up our mind that we're going to walk with Jesus no matter what. And that we're not going to turn our backs on Jesus. Amen. And we're going to continue to water the word that's been sown. We're going to continue just to uh, continue to cultivate the ground around the word that has been sown. And we're going to continue to grow as men and women of God. Can I have an amen? And so it's one thing to experience this kind of persecution and tribulation and tough times and stuff that happens from an external standpoint or from people that are outside or, or, or you know, the devil's badgering you and different things like that. But it's another thing, and this is what I really want to get to. It's another thing when you have to deal with God's dealings in your life. Go to Hebrews chapter 12. Because we need endurance as sons to deal with external pressures and persecution from people that do not know the Lord. But it's another thing to learn how to deal with a loving father that also has a way that also has a way of dealing with us and preparing us and forging his character within us. Excuse me. Hebrews chapter 12. We're going to look at verses 1 on down to 11. The endurance of sons. Look at this. He says, therefore, we also, since we are surrounded by so great a cloud of witnesses. He says, let us lay aside every weight and the sin which so easily ensnares us. And let us run with what? Endurance. The race that is set before us. There's certain things in our life that are, that are weights. They're not necessarily sinful, but there are things that are holding us back. And when we look at our Christian walk, it is, it is a journey. It is a marathon. It is a race. We're going somewhere with God. And we don't want anything in our life to hold us down or to weigh us down. And so there are times in our lives when God will deal with weight issues in our life. They're not necessarily sinful, but they're things that are holding us back. Sometimes our attitudes maybe aren't sinful, but they're weights. Sometimes, you know, our, our communication, maybe it's not necessarily sinful, but it's, they're weights. 
And so there's things about our character that need to be dealt with. And all of us in this room have some rough edges that need to be smoothed out. Amen. And it's not necessary that we're being sinful, but we do have some rough edges that God needs to deal with. And so we have to be able to discern that and then ask God to help us to lay those things aside so that we can go on with our life. He says, let us lay aside every weight and the sin. Now, there are certain things that are just sinful that we need to stop. We need to repent of. We need to ask God uh, to give us strength to overcome and we need to let stuff go. And then as we're running this race through life, we won't be burned down and bogged down with stuff that we shouldn't be really dealing with. He says, let us, he says, uh, and the sin which so easily ensnares us and let us run with endurance, verse 1, the race that is set before us. He says, looking unto who? Jesus. Looking unto Jesus. So now we have, we have a, a, a focus, if you will. And we have, and I like this, and this is one of the reasons why I have this up here. Ever since we started the church, we've always had looking unto Jesus. Because it's not about man. It's not about our favorite denomination. It's not about our favorite people. It's, it's about Jesus, amen? It's, everything is about him. He's the focal point. We're trying to be transformed into the image and likeness of Jesus Christ from glory to glory. And the only way that I can be transformed is if I keep looking at him. Yes. If I keep looking at my neighbor, then I start coveting what my neighbor's got. But we don't covet and envy what our neighbors have. We're just looking at Jesus. Can I have an Amen. And so for all of us, we, we have him as our point of reference, and he is the person that we're, we're really looking, looking to. He says, looking unto Jesus, the author and finisher of our faith, who for the joy that was set before him endured the cross, despising the shame, and has sat down at the right hand of the throne of God. This is what he's done. And he says in verse 3, he says, for consider him who endured such hostility from sinners against himself. And he was able to do it because he had root in himself. Lest you become weary and discouraged in your souls. He says, you have not yet resisted to bloodshed striving against sin. And you have forgotten the exhortation which speaks to you as to sons. Listen to this, saints. My son, do not despise the chastening of the Lord. Nor be discouraged when you are rebuked by him. For whom the Lord loves, he what? Chastens and scourges every son whom he receives. Now, I love this because, saints, listen to this. We have to have endurance. Not only from the purse pressure, persecution, tribulation, tough times that we experience as saints as, re as a result of us having the seed of God's word within us. In the life of Christ, manifesting and living and breathing in and through our lives. We have to have, I mean, we're, we're going to deal with that type of pressure without. But it's another thing to have endurance when you're dealing with God as your father. There's a difference. There's a difference between me being persecuted and people coming after me and tribulation and things coming just as a result of me being a Christian. There's another thing that when, when God is working on me, when God is dealing with me and God is chastening me and he's, he's rebuking me, there's another thing that, you, that we have to learn to have endurance with when we're dealing with God's dealings. Do I have a witness in this room? That sometimes it's not the devil 
and it's not, it's not the, the, the world, it's, it's God. And, and I want to say this to you. It just kind of makes me chuckle, and it's just a sign to me that people, they don't understand their Bibles. Because we have a, a whole group of, of, of Christians that are getting on television and, and stuff and, and, and saying that, that God doesn't get mad at you. I don't know what Bible they're reading. God doesn't get mad. He never gets mad at you. He just sees you through Christ. The devil is a lie. God will get mad at you and rebuke you. He just said it right here. How many times I, I mean, he said it. Sometimes God will get mad. Doesn't mean he doesn't love you. Doesn't mean that she doesn't care for you. But there are times when God, he gets upset and we have to learn to go through this process with God as he's dealing with us. Look at verse 5. And you have forgotten the exhortation which speaks to you as to sons. My son, do not despise the chastening, the chastening of the Lord. He says, nor be discouraged when you are what? Rebuked by him. There's going to be times when God is going to chasten us. He's going to get on us. He's going to, he hasn't kicked us out of the house. Can I have an amen? amen. He's just saying, I'm not happy with you. This isn't good. And God, he chases. He says, don't be discouraged by that. And watch, wait till we get down to the end of this. You're going to really love this. But, but, but saints, listen, don't be discouraged. A lot of times people think, well, God is, God, he's not happy. Then, then I need to go hide in the corner. No, God's not happy. He didn't kick you out the house yet. So rejoice. Be grateful. Be, and and don't, don't get to the point where you get so discouraged that you stop being a son. And relating to God your father as a son. He knows that you was going to mess up before you knew you was going to mess up. But the issue here is, how are you relating to him? He says, my son, do not despise the chastening of the Lord, nor be discouraged when you are rebuked for him. For whom the Lord loves, he chastens and scourges every son whom he receives. He says, every son. Somebody say every son. That means that everybody... That has been born again. God is moving in your life. You're going to have your moments with God. When he's going to deal with you. Do you have the endurance. To stick through the dealings of the Lord. What happens with a lot of people is they, they get discouraged and they quit on the Lord. Instead of realizing that no, no, no. Have endurance to deal with God's dealings in your life. Sit in it, enjoy it, and allow God to process you like he does everybody. Look what he says in verse 7. He says, if you endure chastening, God deals with you as with sons. For what son is there whom the father does not chasten? But if you are without chastening, of which all have become partakers, then you are illegitimate and not sons. And so this is important. This is why I have a problem with people saying God doesn't get mad and God's not angry at you and different things like that. What you're doing is you're setting people up to feel comfortable in an illegitimate state. Because everybody is going to have to deal with God's dealings at some point in time in their life. You know why? Because no one in this room is perfect. And God is, and God is trying to perfect all of us. And there's going to be moments when God says, I need you to get this right. Hey, 
And you're listening to Pastor Napoleon Kaufman here today on Times of Refreshing. Our desire is to see you grow in Christ through the daily ministry of God's Word. And as you take time to spend with us studying God's Word, we trust you are being encouraged in Christ. Questions, comments, prayer requests, as always, we love hearing from you. It means a great deal to us knowing that these programs are having their desired effect on your life, spurring you on in Christ, love, and good deeds. You can reach out to us by phone, 925-292-7800, 925-292-7800, or write to us, Times of Refreshing, 2333 Nissan Drive. Livermore, California. The zip code is 94551. You're also welcome to visit our website, thewellchurch.net. It's a great place to visit if you would like information regarding who we are, where we meet, what we're about. Past sermons are available online there, as well as our online store. And you can even get connected with us there. Again, thewellchurch.net. Now, normally at this time, I would invite you to join us for worship here at the well. But at least until May 1st, because of the COVID-19, we're not available to do that at this time. What we are available to do is invite you to join us on either our church app, at our website, thewellchurch.net, or on our YouTube channel for our weekly message at 1030. Pastor Napoleon will share a message from the Lord just like he used to with his program, Hope of Glory. And remember to be faithful as well during this time of challenge with your giving. You can give online through our website, through the church app, or by mail to the church office. And we are praying and standing on His truths during this time and remembering that God is in control, and we're praying for you. Thank you for joining us today. Until next time, God bless. God bless. 